Welcome to High Notes with Dr. B, a podcast about brave, courageous, risk-taking women. I want to help us all live a courageous life by challenging you and me about all aspects of our lives. I will feature guests who are guaranteed to inspire you. I will also discuss and review a new book by women. My goal is to challenge myself and you to think about the world around us and lead a life that is about changing for the better. Hey, everybody. Uh, Thanks for listening today. This is our once a month book review, and I'm a little late putting this one out. And part of it is because, honestly, I kind of didn't want to do it. <laughs> I, I had, this was hard for me, this, this particular book, and, I, and, and I, I think I'll be able to share with you why. So the book today is Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And I picked up this book without having read any of her other books, and in part because I carry my own baggage with Christian writers. So I don't read a lot of Christian self-help um, self-help books. I have read a, a lot of books uh, in that arena many years ago when I was a practicing evangelical, but I certainly don't I haven't read anything like that in probably 20 years or so, maybe more. I won't say because it gives my age away. Um, <laughs> but the thing is, is uh, uh, if you've listened to any of these, and listen to me stammering because I so don't want to talk about this book. Uh, I'm a PK. I'm a preacher's kid. And it really colors everything about me from my, you know, FU attitude in many, in many ways to my um, seemingly tough exterior uh, and kind of my no no bullshit attitude. Um, it, it, it's just who I am, and it, and a lot of it I understand is my own insecurities around feeling judged and or feeling broken and uh, having been bullied spiritually, really and truly. If you want to know the honest truth about it, throughout my years as a preacher's kid. So I picked up this book because I'd heard a rousing recommendation about it on another podcast, and I won't say whose, but in a nutshell, here we go. This is the gist. If you don't know anything about her, first of all, she was married with kids to a man. She became a Christian writer around the subject of grace and forgiveness and healing because of her own eating disorder and a struggle with alcohol addiction. I'm not sure if she would say she was an alcoholic. Maybe, but definitely she talks about her issues with alcohol. Despite having written books about this and claiming she was better, then she found out her husband had been sleeping around since their wedding. Uh Uh-oh. So then she wrote another book about how she forgave him and how they put their lives back together. But then one magical day, she saw this amazing woman and bam, she knew it she was a lesbian all along. Now, I have lesbian friends, and I would imagine that they probably would struggle with this as well. It smacks of uh, Ellen DeGeneres' first love. I forget the actress's name. Doesn't matter. But, you know, one day she was a lesbian, the next day she wasn't. 
I don't know, maybe I understand that sexuality is fluid, so maybe there's an element of being um, uh, bisexual here. I, I have no idea. I'm not judging her. Understand, there is no judgment here as far as this is concerned. But but also, this is not just any woman. This is Abby Wambach, the Olympic soccer player that won the 1999 and 2016 FIFA World Cup with her team. And then afterwards, you know, she retires and went on to become a New York Times bestselling author. I mean, she is larger than life, not only in her appearance, but in her personality. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm straight, but who wouldn't have a crush on this lady, right? I mean, she's the real deal. Wow. So long story short, Doyle leaves her husband and pursues a relationship with Wambach. And the next thing you know, they're married and raising Glennon's kids together along with her ex-husband. And this book is largely about this journey and about how we all get the wild trained out of us from birth, which I wholeheartedly believe. The book opens with a story about a cheetah. <clears throat> and while Doyle is at the zoo with her wife and kids, the family watches this cheetah run, in which the cheetah chases this stuffed pink dirty bunny attached to the back of a Jeep. After the run, Doyle's young daughter notices the cheetah is stalking the perimeter of the cage and says, Mommy, she turned wild again. So it's this metaphor for the ways women are tamed, you know, by the patriarchy, right? So she writes about how all this internalized misogyny and religious doctrine and homophobia created an eating disorder in her uh, that started in her early adolescence and the alcohol abuse and uh, just kind of going through the motions in this marriage with her first husband. And she shares many stories where she, you know, talks about her struggles about being caged and the struggles that she has uh, watching her daughters uh, struggle with that uh, effort by other institutions and other people in other places trying to cage them as well. Doyle writes, all of the things that make a woman human are a good girl's dirty secret. So one of the things that she talks about is how you need to have liberation from the, the patriarchy and especially these things like sexuality, um, the way we raise our kids, the way that we try to be happy, I guess you would say. Um, but happiness means that we don't choose our own happiness, but instead we choose our kids' happiness over our own, or we choose our husband's happiness over our own, or maybe our parents or, or family or the churches. But we have all of these, these um, pressures to be something inwardly we really aren't, and we begin to push down on who we are inwardly and who we are as a as a person and as a female and in doing so we let the world and those around us tame us and therefore make us less content unhappy and maybe even not authentically ourselves and it's 
really, you know, tied in a lot of ways to religion. And I'll tell you what, the religious community have crucified her in a big way, which I'm not for. And I'm not saying that this is a terrible book, but what it smacks of for me is, is that it's a really desperate attempt to go, see, we're actually really all okay. See, the kids are great. They're perfect. They're wonderful. See, look at us having this, this uh, uh, family that comes together and, and we're blended and we're making it work. And, and, and she highlights these really perfect conversations with this particular daughter that she talks about throughout the book. And I got to wonder, what do the other kids think about this? This is the one child she talks about all the time. I'm not saying she doesn't mention the others, but it just seems a little odd. Um, I had a hard time finishing the book. I felt like it was a little bit repetitive and a little bit disjointed. And like she felt the need to really put a book out there really fast that would support her reasoning for leaving her husband and declaring herself a lesbian. I don't know. I mean, that's my take on it, really. Did I get anything from the book? Absolutely. There were so many passages and things in there that I totally resonated with me, completely resonated with me, especially the world's expectations and how we have to try to break free. And listen, a part of the reason why I stayed in the marriage with my first husband as long as I did was because of the expectations of my parents and the church that I was part of or the religion that I was part of at the time that said divorce was absolutely against everything, that you didn't get a divorce unless it was a biblical reason. And the only biblical reason really were uh, that, that he, he leaves you for somebody else or adultery. Um, and maybe some people would say, well, addiction or, or physical abuse or whatever, but that's not specifically in the Bible. And um, I, I can tell you right now that being with someone who is addicted to a substance is like mental abuse. And it was in many ways for me. And having to feel like I just had to stay in it, having to stay in it because I was worried that, you know, I'd be condemned for the rest of my life, never be able to remarry, never be able to find a person I could be a partner with, and raising my children on my own scared the absolute bejeebers out of me. And I stayed in it for those reasons, not because I felt love or attraction or respect or any of that towards him anymore. I didn't. That stuff all got killed within about year six. But then I stayed in it for so much longer than I should have. And not because of any feelings I had for myself or not because I wanted, felt like I needed to for my own benefit. In fact, I stayed in, in it for lack of my own benefit. And I realized one day that just having another mouth to feed, because I was at this point the sole breadwinner for the household, having one more mouth to feed was just something I couldn't do any longer. And also I worried about my own children's safety. So, you know, again, I made a decision based on what my child, what I felt like was best for my children. I didn't feel like it was best for my children to stay in it. But they would have been so much better off had I left a long time before that. So I, 
I get it. I get what she's saying. And I, I get that she feels like you should not, she uses the words, abandon yourself. That when you abandon other people's expectations, and these are her words, when you abandon other people's expectations, you can finally stop abandoning yourself. And I definitely, this is something that really resonated with me. I have given in to people's expectations more than once in my lifetime. And uh, it's never served me well. Never. Not ever. So this book, she says, you know, she hopes that it will help you be the person you were born to be before the world ever told us who to be, which I think is a great sentiment. But like I said, I, for me, the book sometimes is really sort of desperate. It has this little voice of desperation of, look at how fabulous we are. Look at how great a mother I am. Look at how I'm balancing these two relationships, my wife and my ex-husband, and how good we all are together. And folks, I can tell you right now that putting a blended family together is one of the most difficult things you could ever possibly do. In fact, I don't recommend it. I'm remarried, and I definitely remarried you know, while my kids were at home and care about my husband, love my husband, all of those things. But, and, my, and they have a, he has a great relationship with my children, but those first three or four years, wow, were they hard. I can't even express to you how difficult, it can't put it into words, how difficult blending a family is and how potentially detrimental it is to your children to bring another person who it is not their kids into their lives because you cannot undo that at all. And I speak about this with such strength in my voice because I firmly believe it's in your best, uh, your children's best interest to wait wait till they're out of the house. And if you think that relationship can't wait six years, five years, whatever, then it's not going to probably last through trying to put the family together. Because that is some really hard stuff. And unless you're marrying some amazingly enlightened, generous, fabulous person, And when we're in love, everyone's fabulous and all those things, right? As a friend of mine says, people are mentally ill when they're first in love. If you can push past the mentally ill part and get past the unrealistic vision of this person, you're looking across the table, candlelight and bottles of wine. If you can push past that and get to the part where... You live day in and day out with the reality of how much life will knock you around. (laughs) You might have a chance of putting something together when the kids are out of the house. But if you can't even make it to that, then putting everyone together in a home all at the same time will be harder than anything you ever imagined And most people do not succeed. They really don't. Dawn and I literally have gone to so many counseling sessions 
throughout our 12-year union, almost 13 in November. And we dated for three years before. So, I mean, we knew what we were up against to an extent, but no one prepared us for what it was like to put all four kids in the same house. And the kids were great. It's the adults who suck. So we, we just really say to people, you know, it's probably best you wait. Because, like I said, we've spent lots and lots of hours and lots and lots of time in different uh, offices of different kinds of counselors to try to help us maneuver and get past the difficulty of putting a family, blended family, together. And even after all of that, I don't recommend it. So, here you go. That's my take on this book. I don't know why. It was hard. Uh, hard for me. I, I hope you understand. If not, send me a, an email if you want. But I will tell you this. A lot of people have written her and given you, given her emails to her, sent her emails, you know, expressing their opinion. And I've, and she says in the book, and I've heard her say in interviews that she doesn't care about your opinion. She does not care one bit about her reader's opinion or about anyone else's opinion because what she's decided is right for her. And she even tells a story of telling a woman in a parking lot, uh, I um, appreciate you sharing it with me, but really and truly, I don't care what your opinion is. So there you go. I don't know if she considers herself a a Christian writer anymore because she really uh, kind of lambasts and gives lots of criticism to that space of Christianity and church in this book. So I don't know what she considers herself anymore. But anyway, if you're a fan of Glennon Doyle, and if you haven't bought the book yet, now you're curious, you know, buy it. But um, I've read some of the other responses out there and, and some of the other reviews, and a lot of people say, that it's not as good as her first book, that this one um, seems a little disjointed. So anyway, it's got a beautiful cover. And I wish her and uh, her family all the happiness. I, I, like I said, no judgment. I, I'm not one of those who believes that they're living in a world of sin or, you know, that's, that's not my, that, I'm not God. That's not, not for me to judge. So I'm hoping that she has all of the happiness, and uh, I'm glad she lives in a day where she can get married and live a life of her choice and be personally free. So thank you, everyone, and thanks for your patience with this one coming out a little bit late. Our next podcast is on biohacking, a much happier and better subject, in my opinion. I love the world of biohacking, and I hope you'll come back and listen to that. I speak with uh, someone from um, the Netherlands who is a female neuroscientist, and we talk about how to hack the body as women to help with hormones, sleep, uh, chronic pain, 
all the things, all the things. And it's a great podcast. I really, really like that podcast. And I hope you'll come back and listen to it when, when it drops. Thank you so much for listening. And I just bid you peace, love, and courage.